Good morning. It is Tuesday, 17th day of October in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm J.D. Walton. This is your wake-up call beginning today in consecration before the Lord. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong to you. And we're praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is entitled, And Away to the Ends of the Earth, or we might say, To Infinity and Beyond. Our text is Acts chapter 10, verses 9 to 18. Hear now the word of the Lord. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. The Word of the Lord Now consider this. Question. So what on earth does this vision given to Peter have to do with anything? Answer. It has everything to do with everything about the gospel of Jesus going to the ends of the earth. We've got the servants of Cornelius, the not-yet-Christian, God-fearing Gentile, on their way to get Peter. Peter is on the roof in a trance, caught up in a vision, and hearing a voice telling him, to set aside everything he's ever been taught about kosher food and what is clean and unclean. How can centuries of established orthodox teaching be wiped away in an afternoon? When God is about to do something that breaks precedent with the past, he moves decisively. There's not a lot of gray in this vision. Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. 
The Spirit does something here in contravention of prior revelation. It's a massive dilemma. And because it is a massive dilemma, Peter needs uber clarity. He objects to the command. The voice speaks a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And in case it was not clear to Peter the first or the second time, it happens, count them, a third time. Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Get up, Peter, kill and eat. When certainty is in short supply, clarity means everything. The Spirit tells Peter to do something forbidden by the Word. How could this be? This change is not gradual, but all of a sudden. No slippery slope to be slipped on. No hermeneutical or interpretive gymnastics needed here. Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Far from the slow, sliding, proverbial frog-in-the-kettle kind of process, this vision calls for immediate and catastrophic change. Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Throughout history, up to the present day, people attempt to bend biblical revelation to fit their own experience or to conform to the spirit of the age. This is not what is happening in this text. Biblical precedent can only be overturned by further biblical revelation. Human experience, reason, and church tradition, while helpful, can never be allowed to trump Scripture. Get up, Peter. Kill and eat, and away to the ends of the earth. Acts 1 8. The Prayer of Transformation. Lord Jesus, I am your witness. I receive your righteousness and release my sinfulness. I receive your wholeness and release my brokenness. I receive your fullness and release my emptiness. I receive your peace and release my anxiety. I receive your joy and release my despair. I receive your healing and release my sickness. I receive your love and release my selfishness. Come, Holy Spirit, transform my heart, mind, soul, and strength so that my consecration becomes your demonstration, that our lives become your sanctuary. For the glory of God our Father. Amen. In the question, imagine what it would have been like for Peter to go against everything he'd ever been taught.
what would that have been like? And for our hymn today, we're going to sing a hymn from the 7th century. That's the 600s, friends. It's number 101 in our seedbed hymnal, our great Redeemer's praise, 101. Christ is made the sure foundation, number 101. We'll sing all four verses. Christ is made the sure foundation, Christ the head and cornerstone. Chosen of the Lord and precious, binding all the church in one. Holy Zion's help forever and her confidence alone. To this temple where we call thee, come, O Lord of hosts, today. With thy faithful, loving kindness, hear thy people as they pray. And thy fullest benediction shed within its walls alway. Here vouchsafe to all thy servants what they ask of thee to gain. What they gain from thee forever with the blessed to retain. And hereafter in thy glory evermore with thee to reign. Lord and honor to the Father, Lord and honor to the Son, Lord and honor to the Spirit, ever three and ever one, one in might and one in glory, while unending ages run. Amen. While unending ages run, that one we've been singing for 1,400 years. (laughs) That's remarkable, guys. We just sang a song from the 7th century, and it was so filled with the doxology that goes all the way back to the to the first century, and it's just as fresh in the 21st century. What a blessing. That's the beauty of the hymnal, of hymnody. That's why we sing these hymns every day. You know, I love the new songs, but there's no songs like the old songs because the old songs are ever new. They never grow old. And that's really the test of a new song, isn't it? I mean, certainly we can't sing all the songs all the time, all the years, but it's funny. We don't know which ones of the songs we're singing today, the new songs that will one day become the old songs. We don't know. So let's just sing them all with with great joy and great benediction. Well, it is Tuesday. And we know what that means. Uh, Maybe there's going to be some tacos in the offering somewhere along the way today. But this text today, 
I don't think I was really clear enough in what I wrote, but you did the math. I mean, you know, this movement, up until this point, the gospel has really just reached the Jews. Many believe Cornelius was the very first Gentile convert. Some believe it was the Ethiopian eunuch, but but it's this move today, this vision, that begins to open the door to swing wide, you heavenly gates, to prepare the way of the risen Lord, as Delirious wrote in that great song some years back. This movement of opening up the way for the Gentiles, right? I mean, the ability to to break free from the very restrictive and onerous Jewish dietary laws. It'll soon become the breaking free from the requirement of circumcision. And so much of the adherence to the Old Testament law that has been superseded in Christ, fulfilled by Jesus Christ. That's what's beginning to happen here in today's text with the the vision that that is given to Peter. And I mean, just notice the, the choreography of the Holy Spirit. First, the Spirit reveals to Cornelius, just gives him an assignment out of the blue. Send an envoy to the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea, and you're going there to get Simon Peter. And as they're on their way, almost to the place, just up the coast, or down, I guess as the case may be, Peter has this vision. Get up, Peter, kill and eat. And of course, those animals, reptiles, birds, whatnot, on that sheet that was being lowered to the earth in the vision, those animals were forbidden to be eaten by Jewish people. And so Peter wasn't having it. But that's that's why the repetitiveness of it, the clarity of it, the boldness of it, this had to be clear. And then Peter's going to go back to Cornelius' house, and Cornelius is going to become the, you know, at least one of the very first Gentile converts to the gospel of Jesus and a banner carrier for the kingdom. And then, you know, we're moving into this, you know, we've been to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And now we're moving in a way to the ends of the earth. I wish I would have made that clear, but you got it. Anybody still listening at this point already got it, okay? So, like, why am I preaching to the choir? Good point. I think I'm done today. It's time to hit the fields. Tuesday's going to be a day filled with Holy Spirit opportunities. Let's have our antenna up. Let's be ready for assignments. Let's be looking for people who we know are desperate for Jesus. We don't really know who they'll be, but so let's just be knocking on every door. Let's be ready at the checkout line. Let's be ready at the drive through window. Let's be ready at the bank. Let's be ready at the post office. Let's be ready at work. 
Let's be ready with all manner of people that we're seeing. Just listening. Lord, what are you saying over that person? What are you doing in their life? How can I be of an encouragement to them? How might you want me to participate? How you want to move me like a piece on your chessboard today? Yeah, that's what we're going to be doing today. Get your seat. I've got mine. I'll see you on the field. For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.